Are the terrific rushing matchups of Raheem Mostert, Alvin Kamara, and Isaiah Pacheco too good to be true, or will they smash it this week? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we look at our week six running back and quarterback rankings. Only a locked on fantasy football. You are locked on fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm learning about NFL betting and fantasy for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Hi, Michelle. This is uh, one of your favorite days, and we missed you on yesterday's show, but you're back here. So uh, breaking down the running back and quarterback ranking. So looking forward to diving in here and seeing uh, we have a few uh, agreements. We have a few disagreements, as usual, and uh, we can talk about those here in a moment. Before we do that, I have to tell you that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Pro- Football is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with the personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infection. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. All right, Michelle, let's uh, dive right into it here. Three running backs in particular have some really crazy good matchups this week. Raheem Mostert, now we know the news that Devin Achan, we talked about uh, some potential replacements. You can look on the waiver wire for him, he's out for multiple weeks with his knee injury. So Raheem Mostert will be the lead back here in that great matchup against the Panthers. You have Alvin Kamara coming off a big reception game than an absolute high volume production game against the Patriots last week in his third game back. He is in a really good spot against the Texans run defense. And then one more player playing on Thursday night, Isaiah Pacheco. He's RB 13 on the year, by the way, in half point PPR right now. So really good season so far for Pacheco. He is getting the Broncos who are giving up 187 plus yards per game on average on the ground. So, Michelle, where you are with these guys, and uh, is it too high to put Mostert right near the top with Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, you you have him all the way our running back two this week. I have him at running back five, so I'm extremely high on Raheem Mostert. I only have him behind CMC, Tony Pollard. Austin Eckler and Bijan Robinson. So I, I'm right there with you. I think he can absolutely, in the realm of realistic possibilities, finish as the running back one this week. As you already mentioned, it's because Devin Achan is out, right? That's going to give Raheem Mostert even more opportunities. He's already scored 16 plus fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. The Panthers are allowing the second most fantasy points to running backs this year. I mean, running back after running back after running back keeps going off on the Panthers. So Raheem Moster is a must play this week. Uh, and then as you brought up the, I'm not as high on um, Alvin Kamara. Sorry. His name just disappeared from my mind for a second. Alvin Kamara as you are, 
but he hasn't been good for fantasy since coming back. It just doesn't look pretty, right? So why do you feel so confident on him that you have him RB4 against the Texans? I haven't done RB16, probably too low. Yeah, I just think the Saints are all about Alvin Kamara in the running game, and they had a big lead, and that's why Kendrick Miller put up those numbers behind Alvin Kamara. They had to rest him. But he came in, had that big reception game. Then he went over the 20-carry mark last week with a positive game script. So he's bringing it here. He found the end zone against the Patriots. It's better to move the ball on the ground and throw to your running backs against the Texans than try to test them outside. We know that uh, Derek Carr's not passing all that well. They're trying to hide him a little bit here. So it lines up all. Kamara's going to get heavy, heavy usage here in this particular game. And I think, unlike the Patriots, it's weird to say this, the Texans might be able to keep this game a little bit uh, close and involved. And that's not bad here because Alvin Kamara will stay in the game, right? We're not going to see him sitting on the bench and uh, not putting up those numbers that Kendry Miller was putting up. So I think this is good for Kamara. I like this matchup very much here. And again, they have to go through him. I mean, you have a quarterback right now in car with a noodle arm. He can't push the ball downfield that much to any of their guys and not connecting, missing Chris Olave left and right. So He's going to have to check down for a lot to Alvin Kamara this week. So I like that. And uh, I, I think he's going to produce uh, however you look at it from scrimmage. And look, he's not the juiciest play. He's not the Alvin Kamara of old. But if he gets that volume and he's the main part of the offense, you've got to like him this week. Yeah, it is so interesting to see like how differently he was used from week four to five. So we really don't know how his usage will be in week six. So he gets targets, so he gets carries. But I mean, you play him either way, right? I do yeah. have him down at running back 16, but that's probably too low. So you're playing him. Isaiah Pacheco is also a guy like he's not at the same tiers where he most are, where like he definitely has to be in your lineups. But I think like he almost definitely has to be in your lineups because of the matchup it's not like Isaiah Pacheco really ever goes off right even when he scores touchdowns very often it's you know 13 points 15 points if he doesn't get in the end zone it's less than 10 points in PPR but against the Broncos you expect the Chiefs to just destroy them he's going to be able to run all over them and I can't imagine he doesn't put up at least 15 fantasy points in this game yeah, it really comes down to kind of many touchdowns he gets because I don't think they're going to need him too much to catch passes in this game. They have Jarek McKinnon there as well. It's not going to be negative game script, certainly against the Broncos, as double-digit favorites here at home on Thursday night. So it's going to be Pacheco. I think what you might see is very similar to the Jets game. Have the opportunity to score, push past 100 yards with a long run. We know the Broncos are giving up long runs every single week, and Pacheco can pull those off. We saw him go to the house against the Jets and doing that. So if he gets away from some people with his power and speed, he's going to be gone. And I think we can easily see that play develop here at some point in a supposed blowout here against uh, the Broncos on Thursday night. Now, Michelle, Kyron Williams, uh, I didn't like the matchup last week. It ended up not being all that fruitful for Williams because you had the Rams put the ball in the air and uh, the Eagles run defense. This week they're getting the Cardinals, however, and Joe Mixon didn't deliver as much as we expected last week, but this is a very bad defense overall now. And Kyron Williams, I have up at 15. You like him even higher this week inside your top 10 at nine. So we both expect a nice rebound for him with maybe a positive game script this week. Yeah, and it's really – he had the same exact performance as always last week. He just didn't get into the end zone, yeah. right? 13 for 53, average over four yards per carry. That's – 
literally what Kyron Williams does every week. So it was the same thing. It just comes down to does he get into the end zone or not? He scored five touchdowns over the first four weeks in this matchup against the Cardinals. I expect him to get into the end zone at least once. And if he does, he's going to finish as a top 12 guy. I just think with Kyron Williams, with the volume he gets, with the amount of time he's on the field, with you know how many offensive plays the Rams run, he has to be in your lineups. I do think that, you know, obviously Mostert has a much higher ceiling. Maybe Pacheco even this week has a higher ceiling uh, than mm-hmm. Kyron Williams, but Williams is just a guy I'm going to keep plugging in every week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you get that many touches, I mean, that's what we're looking for from these guys. They've changed who are getting the touches in the middle of this pack when we were going zero RB or hero wide receiver or something like that or taking a tight end or quarterback early these are the guys we're kind of targeting so interesting that it's flipped a little bit new guys emerge such as uh Kyron Williams and just you never know things can flip outside and one of those other guys that emerged from that group here let's talk about the Zach Moss Jonathan Taylor thing now I just don't trust this Colts team all that much on who's going to be in I wish I could feel with confidence after Zach Moss's big game that they're going to say okay Zach Show us one more game. We're going to ease in Jonathan Taylor. But at the same time, they paid Jonathan Taylor out of money. He was on his first practice week last week. Well, they split the work. And the Jaguars have been decent against the run. Remember, James Cook was going backwards last week in London. So I don't know what to expect. I know the Titans also were very good against the run. That didn't matter to Zach Moss because he reeled off a long run. So I don't know like what to expect from this backfield. And I think it hurts both of them that Gardner Minshew was in because you don't have a running quarterback threat. So I, I don't know, Michelle. I, I think you're a little bit more willing to play them as RB2s than I am this week. I Yeah, I think anyone who tells you they know what's going to happen in yeah. this Colts backfield is just, you know, talking out of their butt, right? Like, you don't know. You don't know how they're going to use thinking. these guys. <laughs> but I have a really hard time benching a guy that scored 21 points, 23 points, 34 points. I just named three huge games. He's only played four games this year. Like, and that's Zach Moss. I think you just keep playing him. And yeah, it it could end up being terrible for you. You can, but that's a lot of running backs right now, right? A lot of running backs are disappointing. Going through the running back rankings this week, it's very thin. I mean, you get to like running back 24 and you're like, I don't want to play anybody else after this. Like, And you have every team has to play. Most teams have to play two running backs uh, in your fantasy league. So you're going to have to start these guys I do think Moss is a good start and then with Jonathan Taylor you know what he can do you know what he can be if he gets the snaps the touches you would expect those to go up this week I still think Moss might outscore Taylor but I'm willing to plug them both in and just we really don't know we really don't know what will happen so I have Moss as my running back 21 and Taylor is my running back 22 so back to back you have Moss as running back 26 Taylor is running back 30 so you're just a little bit lower than me yeah, it's probably because of the uncertainty, and I don't know if I can go there this week. Now, Brees Hall, I'm definitely going to play him as an RB2 this week if I have him. Big, big game. He came through exactly how we envisioned in our head that he was going to run over the Broncos. He did exactly that with big plays. He got increased touches. They faded Dalvin Cook hard here. So I think you have to play him based on that new role, but it is the Eagles. So I think he's going to have to get it done maybe in the passing game this week. Get him out in space, do that stuff, uh, work in the middle of the field against those Eagles linebackers. But you're know, running the ball, I don't know if I can really say Brees Hall is going to have a nice game because the Eagles are just blowing up people. You also lose Elijah Vera Tucker 
inside there is one of their better blockers for the Jets. So, yeah, I don't see a lot of running room inside. I think he's going to have to get to the outside and maybe reel off some chunk runs here to be very valuable this week as an RB2. Yeah, this is an unfortunate matchup, but it just takes one. He's kind of like a Devin A-Chan, right? Where it just takes one big play and Brace Hall can do that. So I'm still, you know, I'm still plugging him in. I'm still confident in him this week. I have him as running back 14. It's probably a little too high. You have him at running back 20. Probably ends up somewhere in between there, right? I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if he was 17. Yeah. So I, I think we're kind of each on this end here he's not an exciting play this week like he was last week but with what we saw from him week five we know his talent and if they're going to be willing to feed him the ball that I want him in my lineup and they did show that they're willing to give him those carries last week yeah and he's their primary weapon at this stage so they need to get him going to have any shot at beating the Eagles this week so something to keep in mind their homes uh, helps a little bit maybe with this usage and confidence in that very tough matchup now we will get into more running back rankings discussion here based on the matchups we have a little bit more disagreement here in our next segment because again we said some of these running backs are kind of getting gross here after we get past the top 12 or 15 so we'll talk about those uh, guys in our next segment here and then we'll break down quarterbacks for you as well as we look at our rankings there speaking of quarterbacks michelle that is part of our ebay guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week here for sure so break it down our partners at ebay motors have teamed up with locked on fantasy football here to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're planning to play DFS or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players who are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And in this case, get into your starting lineup. Today's eBay guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week is Matthew Stafford. He's been passing a ton all season long for the Rams, but he finally recorded his first two touchdown game of the season in week five against the Eagles with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell all healthy together. As his clear top three wideouts, he will go to work with an even bigger game at home against the Cardinals pass defense. Sean McVay has his veteran QB rolling, and Stafford won't disappoint week six with his young receivers balling to help their older quarterback. Stafford has quickly become a rejuvenated fantasy asset for 2023 that should have more big days ahead. Here on Lockdown Fantasy Football, we're going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's same with your vehicle. With more than 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So check it out eBay guaranteed fit is for you. Keep your ride or die live at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, Michelle, we'll continue the show right here in a moment, but I do have to tell you all to uh, check out our YouTube channel here on Fridays. That's when we have a special show up. It's Locked on NFL Kickoff Live there we'll break down all the games for you our host there we'll uh, do it right there bring it to tanitra batiste jarvis davis and kyle krabs will be there breaking down every angle of every game 
including the guest stints from our correspondents here all across the Locked On Network. So check it out. That's every 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Check it out, Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Talk about some running backs that we've talked about here quite a bit. And they're presidential names, so I like them, but we've deferred on their values so far. But Alexander Madison, we're simpatico on. They get the Bears matchup this week, the Vikings. They've lost Justin Jefferson. Madison, it hasn't been always pretty, but he's getting his way into the end zone. He's catching enough passes. He's giving us RB2 value. Squeezing it out for us every week. It gets the Bears this week, so we're pretty close. Uh, I have him at RB16. You have him at RB18. But we do really defer on Stevenson this week. I have him as RB17. You have him as 27. I know why you have him down here, uh, because he hasn't done anything. And uh, Madison has been the producer here. But I look at Reminder Stevenson. This has got to be a get-well game. I mean, A.J. Dillon got going against the Raiders last week. And he was looking slow and not working. The offensive line was bad. If he can do it, I think Stevenson can. By the way, last year's matchup, I know it's last year, 172 yards rushing in Las Vegas in a loss. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Stevenson, I, obviously you're playing Madison. I can't imagine you have too many other options, right? And this is an amazing matchup. Yeah. He should get going. He put up 13 points last week, and he dropped a wide open walk in touchdown <laughs> It's you would think they're going to run more. Madison hasn't looked great, but he's he's producing RB two numbers. Just keep playing him in, and you'll take what you can take. And the matchup is too good to say. With Stevenson, it is an amazing matchup. I will give you that. But seven points, six points, two point four points over the last three weeks, and his snaps are going down. And you know Zeke is playing some more. It's really hard to trust him. And I still have him as RB27. I'm saying he's playable. And at this mm-hmm. point, he's looking like he's unplayable. I don't You said AJ Dillon got going. He scored 13 points. So, yeah, if Stevenson scores 13 points, you're going to be okay. Be thrilled. With that he has 13 PPR. points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll be happy with that. But no one has scored more, like even hit 20 points against the Raiders this year. So, I don't think his ceiling's very high. And we know how low his floor is. So if yeah. you need to plug him in, it should be okay in this matchup. I'm just not thrilled about it. It's funny because I have both of these guys on the same team, and I'm basically deciding between them each week because I have uh, David Montgomery and Raheem Mostert. Yeah, so those are the other two running backs. So I don't feel too much pressure with this decision every week. But Madison, basically why I've been playing Madison, he's attached to a better offense, right? The Vikings are being – put in position to score points with Kirk Cousins in their passing game while the Patriots not helping him out at all. Mac Jones is not getting into the red zone with this offense. They're not bringing it around. The offensive line has been bad. So Stevenson just might be on a sinking ship and he's trying to get away from it. But I don't know. He also hasn't looked good running. I'll say that. Some of the metrics of him breaking tackles hasn't been pretty good here. So maybe he's not enthusiastic about running and they're getting blown out every week and he just checks out, right? I think a lot of players can do that here and they can pivot here, but I, I really think Stevenson, look, they have to get a win somehow. They ha- they're being totally embarrassed two historically bad losses shut out last week. They got to do something here. So look, I think uh, maybe Bill Belichick will say, look, just give him the ball, see what happens because they sometimes just forget about him as well. So I don't know. 
I'll probably end up playing Madison this week. I'll be totally honest over Stevenson easily, but I'm hopeful that maybe, okay, this will get him going a little bit for some easier matchups. And he's had some brutal ones for sure. If you look at it on paper, Cowboys and Saints, and these are not situations that you expect a lot, especially for a bad offense. Now, the Bears, this is an interesting one. Roshan Johnson, we'll see if he clears concussion protocol. The only reason he has a shot to do this is because they played on Thursday night in week five against the commanders. So if he's cleared, he's going to be the starting clear running back against the Vikings on the other side of Madison. Now, Michelle, would you take a shot on him this week? Assuming that there's no Dr. Foreman maybe being taken over and Johnson is the guy here. I think he'll clearly play ahead of Foreman. Don't you think? Yeah. If Roshan's active, I'm, I'm okay playing him. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't feel confident that he's going to put up points, but I think he has a high ceiling. He's looked good when he's got his chances. We saw Isaiah Pacheco have a fine game against the Vikings last week, got into the end zone. DeAndre Swift, of course, in week two went off against the Vikings. So we've had, we've seen some nice performances from running backs against that defense. And it does feel like the bears offense is starting to click. They're starting to get it going. And, you know, Khalil Herbert was starting to get it going as well before he got the injury. So I do expect Roshan Johnson to be the lead back if he is cleared if not then Deonta Foreman does become a viable option like if Johnson is out then it's Foreman and we've seen Foreman get a starting role over the last few years and do pretty well when he's had his chances yeah and Foreman I think the key to Foreman is a positive game script or even game script I don't know if they're going to get it necessarily for sure in this game. They could fall behind against Vikings. They could also go up on the Vikings, so we don't know. But Roshan Johnson is so good in pass protection, that really helps his chances to stay on the field here for Justin Fields, no matter what the situation is, and that's why they like him quite a bit. So maybe finally without Herbert, he can get going this week. Now, Julio McLaughlin, <laughs> this is an interesting play for sure. Like I want to trust him a little bit more, but this Chiefs matchup's hard. You have him a little bit lower than I do. I thought I had him low at RB21 based on what he was doing. You have him at RB24. So maybe we're just not feeling the Broncos much against the Chiefs on Thursday. Yeah, the Chiefs have been really good against running backs just overall. It's actually like over the last, I don't know, David Montgomery and Alexander Madison are the only ones that even put up 10 points against them. Yeah. So, and it was 12.6 for Madison and 13.4 for David Montgomery. It's not a great matchup. And Jill McLaughlin, like he didn't, he only had nine carries last week. He just, you know, he got the receiving touchdown. That's really how he got the majority of his points there. I don't, he's fine, right? Yeah. A lot of these running backs in this area, you're throwing in, and if you get the touchdown, you'll be fine. And if yeah. you don't, you won't be fine. That's what it comes down to. But I, I do think he's a viable play for sure. I'd rather play him over Ramondre Stevenson, but I don't think it's going to be a, a high-producing game for him either. Yeah, you'll take what you get. I mean, he's a starting running back that can put up numbers, and that's what you're looking for. I think you, you look at – Amari DeMarcado, he could do some, some damage again because he's starting running back with volume. And sometimes that's all it takes, even though it's not pretty. And you have to go with that because, again, there's not a lot of RB2 options that are lighting it up here. It's a very thin position. Speaking of that, Michelle, these are three guys that had a hard time ranking this week because I didn't want to play any of them. I would have really burned them. If I have one, I think I might have to play one and hope for the best. But Damian Pierce gets that Saints defense that shut down the Patriots and Ramondre Stevenson. Jerome Ford gets the 49ers who made a struggling Tony Pollard look even worse last week. And then Rashad White gets the Lions who are 
like the Eagles, just lights out against the run. Like, do you want to play any of these guys? I guess you just have to do it if you're desperate, and hopefully they're only flex plays for you this week. Yeah, hopefully you either got Amari Demarcado. I'm going to mess up his name. I'm just going to yeah. say it fast and move on. I'd rather play him. I'd rather play Joel yeah. McLaughlin. So if you picked up either of those two guys, I'd much rather play Zach Moss. Obviously, then I know like these three guys are their clear starters and they're not really risking, you know, splitting the backfield like Moss is, but much rather play Moss. Ford, like I really don't want to play against the 49ers. Yeah. I really don't want to play the quarterback or the running back ever against the 49ers or the tight end. Yeah. So, and Jerome Ford, again, he got two touchdowns in week three. So he ended up having a nice day. He only scored 19 points and he scored two touchdowns yeah. uh, week four though. He didn't get into the end zone and had a pretty poor fantasy day because he only got nine carries for 26 yards. He did end up with five receptions. So in full PPR, you at least got nine points from him, but I, I really don't want to play Jerome Ford at all. Damian Pierce has been, really just terrible for fantasy overall. And that Saints matchup is terrible. And you know how I feel about Rashad White. Just a completely pointless yeah. guy. Completely pointless. We'll see if he holds on to his job. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like Sean Tucker's looking good behind him either. No. So he doesn't really have any competition, but he's not doing anything. No, not, not at all. And I guess you can throw Miles Sanders into this boat. Like, uh, we'll see. Like at least Miles Sanders might have a shot based on the matchup, but I'm worried about Chuba Hubbard there. So some guys that are not inspiring that we thought might be RB2s are not coming through for us. Yeah, we'll get into the quarterback rankings to end our show in the final segment. And there's some more fun talk there. That running that second half of the running back segment was kind of depressing. We will yeah. liven it up again with quarterbacks. But first, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're, you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. All right, Vinny, let's hop into our quarterback rankings here at the top. No shocker. I have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. You have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Same thing, right? They're both going to be amazing. We have Hertz up in the top, but you have one guy over Hertz. You have Tua Tungabailola, number three this week. Now, I do have him at seven, so I think he's a very good play. But number three, tell me why you're so high against him against the Panthers in week six. Well, remember what happened when Devin Achan went off, right? Who was not playing for the Dolphins? That was Jalen Waddle. And now what do you think the Dolphins are going to do without Achan? They're going to get, remember Jalen Waddle, right? He's kind of been forgotten. He's been okay in fantasy, but Tyreek Hill's been getting love. Raheem Mostert's been getting love. Achan has emerged. But Waddle managers are like, please get this guy involved. Remember how good he was? And he was right up there with Tyreek Hill scoring. 
that's who I think they're going to pivot to using a little bit more this week. So Tyreek Hill and John Waddle, this Panther secondary is already pretty bad. They can give up plays all over the field. I think you might see some throws to tight end as well this week. You can uh, work both of these guys into the slot where it's a good spot here that you could uh, throw on the Panthers. So, yeah, I really like it here. And uh, I, I think you look at the Dolphins, I think this could be another explosion offensively. So I want every piece of the Dolphins offense that I can get in this one. I don't see the Panthers slowing them down much. So this is why I think, again, Tua can be disappointing because he's been – Tyreek Hill dependent a little bit, and that's fine. That's a good person to depend on for those big points. But to get that consistency and to really have those bigger games, he's got to have Waddle involved week in and week out. So he's been throwing to other guys. Cedric Wilson all of a sudden got involved here in this offense. So I think Tua, again, he's got to do it. This is the hard thing is he's got to do it all from passing, and he's not going to give you much running there. But this is a week I think where Waddle and Hill can go off, and that's why I have Tua that high. Do you know who will give it to you through the run game? Well, he's actually been doing it with his arm, but it's Justin Fields. Yeah. We both have him as a great play again this week. I have him at quarterback four. You have him at quarterback five. We're saying stay in the flames. I don't think anybody would you know, want to bench this guy right now. Anyways, he scored 28 points in week four, 33 points, quarterback one on the week in week five. Gets another incredible matchup against the Vikings, who you know they've allowed Hertz and Herbert uh, to go off on them this year. And I, I think Justin Fields will do the same exact thing. Yeah, these are now emerging as weekly plays. And we're worried about two on Justin Fields, maybe a little bit early in the season, but not now. It's just a matter of how high they can go in the mix of the big three of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Like, where do they fit in? That's essentially, you know, do, do any of them have a little bit better matchup we're going to go with? And that's uh, how it's developing with these guys. And that's good news for their fantasy value here uh, going forward. Now, Trevor Lawrence, he's been that other polarizing player between the both of us here. But I will bring up something else here when we get to Trevor Lawrence. Like, I think he's been kind of like Matthew Stafford was ahead of that week last week. I know Matthew Stafford didn't go totally off. He had two touchdowns, but that's what's been missing, right? The multiple touchdown games, it just sometimes it's anomalous not to have that. When you have all the metrics that are going high and you're throwing for a lot of yards and you're dropping back and you have a lot of weapons. So I think it's going to happen at some point. I look at the Colts matchup. It's pretty fantastic, right? I mean, week one, that was his best game. He had the two touchdowns there in that matchup. 17 points. Yeah, it was only 17 points. But again, he wasn't, I don't think, playing all the well that he was the last couple of weeks. I know Travis Etienne got some of the numbers there. So it's hard in fantasy, right? When it comes down to the touchdowns, sometimes our quarterback can be playing well and he just doesn't get the scores. And that was definitely happening with Stafford. But I do see a path to three touchdowns this week for his best game of the season. The Colts secondary is that bad. I think sneaky Gardner Minshew is going to be fired, on the other, fired up on the other side because it's a revenge game. I mean, this is where it all started. I think Minshew is the type of guy that's going to remember that, right? I did well. I brought Minshew Mania to Jacksonville, but you didn't really care. And took Lawrence to the number one overall pick as soon as he could. So he's going to remember that. You're going to have some resistance going back and forth a little bit with this. So I do think in the end, the Jaguars prevail. So I, I think this is a good spot here for Trevor Lawrence. I think it'll turn around at some point. I think he's one of those guys that I would trade for right now that's a little underachieving. There's just too many weapons and too much talent to say won't turn around with some really good games on the schedule coming up. 
Yeah. I mean, this is kind of how he was last year. It, he's a good yeah. quarterback that doesn't score a ton of fantasy points. It's really, yeah. uh, it, you're going to get 15, 16, 17 points. The second half QB, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you have him all the way at quarterback seven. I'm at quarterback 14. Of course, he can have a big week. I just, I don't really want to ride that every week and just hope that this is the one big one. It is a nice matchup, though, against the Colts. But these next two guys are going to talk about, I actually would prefer to play them over Trevor Lawrence. And they've been just as disappointing, if not more. Well, especially, let's start with Dak here first, because Dak has been incredibly disappointing. But I would rather start Dak Prescott than Trevor Lawrence this week against the Chargers. So I am at quarterback uh 13 which is only one spot higher than lawrence but i think i'm gonna end up moving him up too you have him all the way down at quarterback 20 quarterbacks have been very very good against the chargers they allowed two of 27 points kirk cousins 26 points ryan Tannehill 21 points they've only played four games so the other game that they didn't allow any points to it was with first aiden o'connell like just gonna yeah. throw that one out I, I do think the cowboys were incredibly embarrassed on Sunday night football as they should have been, but they came out and like Dak was like, yeah, that was a humbling game. That was the most humbling game I've ever experienced in my life. So I do think they're going to come out and be better. Like they can't be worse. Right. And I think this offense is going to feel so much easier to them. They have to change some things up. And I think Dak ends up having a nice game in this matchup. It should be high scoring as well. All right, Michelle, let me start with the good news on Dak Prescott. He's a little bit like Trevor Lawrence in the way that, uh, that he's been playing and the fact that he's had some bad breaks. His uh, receivers have dropped some things. They've uh, checked out on routes in the couple games. They didn't need him at all, right? Their defense and special teams won game, so he just could disappear and check out and not do anything. So there's that. That's the good news is some of the numbers with Dak are supporting that he's playing much better than his numbers, the lack of touchdowns, and suddenly racking up the interceptions there against the 49ers would indicate but here's why I think this is a bit of a trap game. I think you're going to be pulled in maybe by the numbers. Just keep in mind that the Chargers moved J.C. Jackson. He was just hemorrhaging points on his side of the field, and he didn't look good last week playing for the Patriots. So something to keep in mind. So he's out. I know they have some young corners, and that could uh, help C.D. Lamb in this matchup. But I think the Chargers' pass defense, they're going to find out something. And this is a sneaky element in this game. Who knows Dak Prescott and some of his tendencies better than Kellen Moore? I mean, that's the one thing. I think it did come into play when we talked about Nathaniel Hackett versus Russell Wilson. I think some of the knowledge of Wilson's bad habits and things he does really came into play there with the way the Jets may have played defense last week. So I think it's going to come into play. Kellen Moore practicing against what Dan Quinn scheme and all that is going to do. But on the other side, he also knows what Dak can do and what he can't do and where his weaknesses are, right? And this offense has been greatly compressed. They have no running game. Brandon Cooks is hardly involved. It's You have to basically have a big CD Lamb game. I mean, Kevontae Turpin got hurt. He, is, he had the one touchdown last week. So you basically need a big CD Lamb game and some Jake Ferguson love to make it come through to get those numbers. And it's hard to say that. And I also think, what are they going to do to overcorrect when your quarterback is struggling, what do the Chargers really do bad here and allow you to do? Run the ball with Tony Pollard. So that's the other thing is I don't see a ton of yardage here for Dak on top of that. So I do like the theory of Dak. I get it, match up by the numbers, and Dak should be better based on the way he's playing and the numbers are going. So I kind of feel like the way you do about Trevor Lawrence here, I think Dak is an okay reality quarterback and they might win the game with some of that, but 
I don't know. Like it's it's gonna be hard. Like I'm gonna watch it. It's it's hard in prime time when you see him do nothing, and you know that Khalil Mack is coming off a massive game. You just you just hold your breath a little bit. So this is a little bit of a boomer bust play. I can see your perspective. I can see mine. Let's hope for the people at Dak Prescott, he's closer to what you want here because he's been bad this season. Yeah, and I only have him at quarterback thirteen, so I'm not yeah. saying you have to play That's him. That's a big it's improvement just... though, where he is. It's just an option if you're looking for a, you know, yeah. fill in this week. And then Matthew Stafford, I actually have ranked the yeah, highest among point. Dak and Trevor Lawrence this week. Quarterback 10, we actually both have him at ranked quarterback 10 this week against the Cardinals. It, it's just, yeah, the Cardinals are giving away fantasy points to quarterbacks. And Matt, like you, Matthew Stafford actually hasn't been good for fantasy at all he hasn't scored over 16 fantasy points in a week yeah he did have the two touchdowns last week of course that was the one game he didn't have very many passing yards so he hasn't put together a full game yet of the passing yards and the passing touchdowns but i do think with cooper cup back fully in a second week it's gonna be one of those games where he could just have a massive performance yeah they want to throw a lot i mean you saw what the bengals did last week and there's some connections there obviously with zach taylor and sean McVay that they're not going to hesitate to say, look, we want to throw 50 times. That's They're fine doing that, right? And I think Kyron Williams, again, has to get enough to get the touchdowns out of that. But 40 to 50 dropbacks, they're fine, right? Because it means more targets for these three guys, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. They're going to get more and more work, and they're, you're right now the lifeblood of this offense. So if you give them more opportunities, they're going to come through. The Cardinals secondary stinks. All three matchups are very delicious here for the Rams. So there's no way I don't think the Rams just come out and say, we're going to throw, pick apart the secondary. That's exactly what they're going to do here this week. So I'm excited to see what he can do, but I think this could be the first 303 throwback game with the Lions we see here from Matthew Stafford this season. So I like it at 10. I think maybe we might be undervaluing this week uh, based on this matchup. So we'll see how it plays out. Now, I don't think we're undervaluing this guy. He's got a right shoulder injury. Deshaun Watson. Like we talk about, look, the Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson here. Who knew that Russell Wilson was going to be the better <laughs> fantasy performer of those three or most reliable? Now you got Watson. They don't know if he's going to play. That's going to also hurt Jerome Ford. They're playing the 49ers. It just, ugh. I don't know. And there's no receivers other than Amari Cooper. I mean, David Njoku's doing nothing. Elijah Morris disappeared. So, I mean, Watson basically going to have to run around get two touchdowns, run for 50 yards to make this happen. That's too much to ask for him to do it, even if he plays this week. And he's not doing it against the 49ers. Yeah. It's just not happening. I have him at quarterback 22. You have him at quarterback 23. I think he's unplayable. And the only reason yeah. he's ranked that high is because, like, there's Mac Jones and Zach Wilson's of yeah. the world, right? Like, like, unless you are in a super flex league and your choices are just absolutely atrocious, then, you know, you plug in Watson, but the 49ers defense right now are just so stinking good. And if Watson's dealing with this, like this shoulder injury that really nobody will elaborate on like what's going on here, because it looked like he was almost like he was going to play in week four and then he didn't. And then there was a buy and now he's still not good to go fully. So he's not going to be able to run as much either, you would think. This is just a no-go for me. I, I can't. Yeah, and he's getting on the verge of dropability here. Once we get through some bias, 
and maybe you have that opportunity with some quarterbacks coming back this week. But yeah, we're getting close to there because there's some guys again that are emerging as we know. And, uh, Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield has some actual volume in the top 15 right now. So Sam Howell, we've been talking about Jordan Love. There's just so many different guys that have popped in to the conversation that we didn't expect to be higher than Watson, and they're just not producing him. So, again, you might think during the bye weeks, maybe Watson just needs to be dropped here, just like uh, you might have done that with Daniel Jones this week. Just not living up to the expectations. So it'll be interesting to see if this gets any better going forward because, again, he's really still had only one good game so far playing for Cleveland in, like, basically – Less than a full season, right, based on the suspension from last year. So, I don't know. He's just a guy that may be losing it and never getting it back here in reality or fantasy. Yeah, there's so many options in one quarterback leagues that you would have, like, at this point to pick up other guys. You know, there was C.J. Stroud out there, Baker, Goff, Purdy, Dobbs, Howell. Like, there's other options. You got to go with any of them over Deshaun Watson, I think, this week. Yeah, for sure. And, look, it's – it's tough out there at quarterback, but at least, again, you weren't hopefully depending on Kenny Pickett or Jordan Love. So you have some yeah. options this week. Uh, next week, however, six teams on bye. So a little bit uh, planning ahead required there if you've got one of those quarterbacks off. So keep that in mind. But we still need to talk about this week and looking at the wide receiver and tight end rankings. We'll do that on uh, tomorrow's show every day. So check it out. Uh, thanks for making us your locked on fantasy football destination every day here. We'll have those rankings and we'll close looking at week six DFS and prize picks on Friday. So a lot of good stuff still coming at you here as we break down the games ahead of uh, tomorrow's game. We'll have uh, the Broncos and chiefs as well. So things to look forward to there to kick off the week for locked on fantasy football. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye y'all.